Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild. In this episode, we've got some special guests. Joining us from Small Beans, we have Adam Ganser. Welcome, Adam. Woo! Thanks for having me. And Michael Swaim. Hey, listen, I'm a dark cloud guy. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> hey, me too! All right, cool. We got Brian here as well. Hi, I am... Not anything wrong with Dark Cloud. I've just never played it. You're an Okami boy. I can feel it. Uh, as of recently, yes. Yes. Nice. We actually um, did Okami just a couple seasons ago. So. Just cut out, you know, 80% of what Eason says, and I am on board. Not a Zelda like, but a game that makes me feel similar feelings while I play it. Yeah. Does I, it I really? think we, it fits. We, I think similar we came feelings. to the uh, conclusion that it was an action and adventure game. They're just separate. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. They out. segment right. out the two things. We're not here to talk about Okami. We're here to talk about Zelda. But first, uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves to our audience? What is what is Small Beans and what are uh, other things you guys do on the internet? Who uh, are you? Adam, do you want to go first? Sh- I'll go first. Yeah, yeah I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam Ganser, the first of the two guests. Uh, we are part of a podcast called One Upsmanship. You might have heard of it. It's on the internet. Uh, it's from the iHeart Network. We talk about video games and decide which games, if any, should stay on a celestial hard drive that we launch into space for the aliens to remember us when we inevitably die as a species. I believe that's what we <laughs> stipulated to, Mike, as the thesis of our show. Mm-hmm, Is that mm-hmm. correct? But, Global cause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but that's not all. Michael Swain chiming all. in as the second guy and therefore sort of the main act that the bill was leading to ultimately. <laughs> oh, right. uh, we also <laughs> co-run an entire podcast network called Small Beans. You can find it just by pointing your device at the words small beans wherever you get podcasts. And we do like a dozen podcasts on there so about many. a wide range of topics from movies to news to TV to friendship to depression to dinosaurs, oh. lots of different different things. <laughs> Ooh, In that order. In that order. It's a, a real roller coaster. Jurassic, Triassic, or Cretaceous? Uh, oh. Well, to clue you into the level of sophistication that that show sort of dives into, it's called What Dinosaur Real Good? And uh, <laughs> I, to answer your question directly, I don't know. <laughs> You could have said Cretaceous and just been, I'm a T-Rex, bro, and that would have been cool. Jurassic, right. the, the yeah. third one, whatever you said. Well, I mean, it's all about the KT extinction, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's everybody right. knows that. Yeah, I think a mammal even slipped in, so we're blasphemous from a Ooh. paleontological point of view. Ooh. <laughs> they're around. They're, they're, they're scurrying around somewhere. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check out all that stuff. Uh, any anything else to to talk about? Other things you guys do on the internet? 
Uh, Every I mean, day I Adam hit it. I, oh, I'm so sorry, Mike. Uh, we we make videos occasionally, which you can check out on the Patreon to which Small Beans is attached. Patreon.com forward slash Small Beans. We are screenwriters. We are filmmakers. We are podcasters. We are jack of all trades and masters of all those trades. As the saying oh. goes, <laughs> we're fathers, we're sons, we bleed for you, we die for you. Follow me. What to else freedom. do you want? That's what all, else man. do you want from us? I don't know what else we could possibly claim to do, but yeah. You can do all that, but tonight we're Zelda fans. Mm. Shing. And tonight Gladly. we're we're Ocarina fans. I think that was the game we decided to, to open up with. I, That's I what think, I was told. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm an Ocarina fan, yeah. Yeah, we took a um, big risk and said, can we love on Ocarina of Time? Took a huge risk and said, that's Yeah, yeah we want, <laughs> we really wanted to drop in through the skylight with your fans and just blast them with a hot take. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. You're you're the first ones to bring Ocarina to this. We've, we've, wow. we've had a number of guests on here to talk about their favorite Zelda games. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people take that as an opportunity to bring what they see as like their dark horse favorite. Mm-hmm. Right, and it, nobody wants to just be like, "Well, it's obviously Ocarina." Uh, I th- I think I think in the last few years, and I don't know when this happened, but I noticed that like it's just not cool to like Ocarina anymore. Um, mm, mm. Which like you know, people are just like, "Oh, Majora's Mask is af- absolutely my favorite" because it's just like, "Oh, it's cool to like the mm. the you know the the counter one, the counterculture one." You right? Know? It's, it's over like there like being a, edgy the Beatles. And stuff. It's like the Beatles being your favorite band, and of course the Deku Tree is George. I think we can all agree. Oh, yeah, we all know that. Best <laughs> songs, you know, secret best right. songs. Deku Tree. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think you're probably right that people want to dance around. Take, but hey, Adam and Mike are nothing if not able, uh, liable to just take that low hanging fruit and pluck it <laughs> and run with that, baby. Um, but it's true. I think there's plenty to say about Ocarina, uh, and um, you know very clear reasons that it's still among my favorites. Uh, I assume you've covered Breath of the Wild already at this point, given the title of the podcast. Um, but, you know. It was our first game. It was, it right. was what launched exactly. the show. As it ought, yeah. as it ought to be. And we're like, uh, yeah, we got, we got to the end of that game. We're like, this is fun. Let's, let's talk keep about talking <laughs> about Zelda. At length. Uh, yeah, so I think that slot being taken, this is the only other way I could go. Adam may have a different opinion though uh, well if we're talking about like what our favorite or best personal favorite fa- personal oh personal favorite, favorite. personal favorite still breath for me uh and i think mm. it's because i like the open world thing in general a little better than i like a more curated experience which i would say ocarina is by contrast mm-hmm. but like i i mean it's pretty common now to see ocarina and breath of the wild sort of vying for best of the franchise conversations uh, when when they're not being held by hipsters who have bad opinions, like reg- <laughs> when 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 regos who have normal ideas get together and talk, these are the two that people uh, <laughs> so, compare. So I, right when, when you don't I, have I, your I, ego wrapped up in being contrarian, <laughs> like these hipsters. Now, now I know these robots. I know for, yeah, yeah, I know for my two I co-hosts uh, and for like actually my best friend growing up, uh, Jeremy. He, he he likes Majora better. And and I found that people who who played it when it was new and were kids and were able to spend a lot of time with it, you know, developed a greater appreciation for that game that I don't I think is really hard to get if you come to it afterward. 
Yeah, um, that game is that game is weird as fudge now, man. Uh, that game is real <laughs> weird if you haven't played it. Not th- not that it's bad; it's very good. But like, as a person who never played it until like I don't know a month and a half ago, I tried it on a stream. Oh, and I was like, okay. this is extremely alienating for a Zelda game. Uh, not that it's bad. I see why it's good. I see why people like it. But I think, and I hope I can claim this without being a total jerk. Uh, like I think a measure of objectivity that's not through the nostalgia glasses will show you that Ocarina is generally way more approachable as a game than Majora's oh, Mask. Oh, ab- absolutely. Now, like this is I I have said multiple times. Uh, longtime listeners will know that what I love in Zelda is when it gets weird. Like my my favorite, I, I don't ever count Breath of the Wild as my favorite because I think it's cheating because I think it's just one of the greatest games ever made. And so like, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's like just suddenly descended from the heavens. And I'm just like, well, that's not a video game. That's a whole other level. But yeah, my, we didn't know we had my, to say that until someone was like, well, which one do you guys think is the best? And we're like, I mean, the best. I mean, like, obviously, it's, oh, you wanted to say Breath of the Wild so that you could say, oh, well, no, you're you're wrong. That one's not really but, Zelda. We're like, oh, sorry. I, we just thought it was understood. This is this is like the one of the best things ever yeah. made, right, guys? I think yeah, that's why Majora's <laughs> actually has such appeal. It's got the double True. whammy, right? Because it's kind of a deep cut. It is contrarian, and yet it's in the mm-hmm. shadow of Ocarina. It's adjacent to one that you know is it, a very safe bet as best of the yeah. franchise. It plays exactly like my favorite game of all time. Well, until Breath of the Wild came out. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Like it still controls exactly like my favorite thing in the world, but but just, what I was gonna say weird. is that my 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 favorite Zelda is Link's Awakening because I just like when Zelda gets weird. Oh, and that's why I, why I also like Majora's Mask is because it's just weird. It's different than a lot of other games where Ocarina, for the most part, has uh, sort of a, a you know a medieval setting, right? Your fan your your fantasy action kind of game but more of a, a, a kid-friendly version of that. Not to argue about, like, it's still one of the best games of all time, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're, if we're trying to rank these, and I'm trying to defend my position on this, that's just sort of my go-to, and I... I understand. Will, will I understand why. Step uh, away. I understand, <laughs> and I will not make uh, jokes about that. I'll just say, it's sort of like, when people ask me my favorite film, right? I can't say mm-hmm. things like The Godfather, the Godfather is objectively one of the best movies ever made, right? It's a fantastic <laughs> right. movie. Or Citizen Kane. I need to say something weird like The Lighthouse. Okay, why The Lighthouse? Because Lighthouse is pretty good. Lighthouse is super chill, bros. If you haven't checked that one out, that's your ocarina, by the way. Uh, I say something like that because I like a thing that's iterative on the main thing. Because the main thing is like, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, Godfather is one of the best. I need a weird right. thing that interests me specifically, right? Also, and I don't the current think that's conversation. Wrong answer, by the way. The conversation, it's like a better offer for a conversation. It's just more interesting than going, yeah. oh, Citizen Kane, yeah, 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 yeah. reinvented, mm. sure, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he moved the camera yeah. and did all the shots. No, I yeah. know, it's great. Cool sled. I get, I, get <laughs> it. I get it, Ebert. I get it, okay? He, he yeah, destroyed no, that room. That's a very important shot. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, he's old No one ever angry. tried that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, although I, 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 I guess I go with like Dr. Strangelove as a, that's a, a, a a brilliant movie and it's also weird and strange and and mm-hmm. yeah so like I, I, I think like. you're i think you're right I, it's more fun to not just immediately pick the afas or afis is it afi it is afi yeah it AFI. is AFI. I, I never remember because that stupid band uh it's a, a fire inside yes girl's not great <laughs> but uh afi yeah uh, like you know i don't go to the top 
pick that they have to say that's my movie. Yeah, no, like Duck Soup or something. It really is the Zelda of movies, though, uh, and I think we can all agree the Deku Tree is Sergeant Ripper, <laughs> whatever his <laughs> yeah. name was. I'm sorry, I saw a George. second beat. I had to go for it. Um, yeah, but I do want to say I think there's a legitimate conversation to be had, or maybe I'm just wrong. That because Breath of the Wild also has incredible innovations, but I do think they come in the wake of and are built off innovations that I see the connections more clearly than something that's interesting about both Ocarina and Mario 64, which we talked about at length on One Upsmanship, is uh, they were set the task of translating an existing two-dimensional game into three dimensions for the first Mm -hmm. time. That's Mm -hmm. just such an inspiring challenge that... I do think there's an argument to be made that Ocarina is more foundational, influential, even possibly innovative for the time because it had to be. Uh, You know, I wonder if we we know that stuff because that was just, yeah, everyone was talking about like how Z-targeting was used or the way that they decided to to make the game play the way it does. And like in a way that like, I think we just sort of like, oh, yeah, that's just common. Everyone knows that, right? They didn't have to be locking on to enemies. Because of Ocarina, there's locking on to enemies as a thing. Also, contextual button pressing, a thing that we were shocked to learn was uh, original to uh, Zelda, according to an interview with Miyamoto. I think the thing about Breath Mm -hmm. of the Wild that people don't talk about too much is that Breath of the Wild is iterative specifically on Ocarina of Time, narratively, and also in terms of features. Right, like the like the things that you can physically do, those things are like more directly tied to Ocarina than any of the other Zeldas that came between the two. Right? Like so how, for how instance, so? So Ocarina of Time is and this is Adam's opinion, so take it for what it's worth. Ocarina of Time <laughs> is trademark, I would trademark. say that's copyrighted. That's right. Uh if you say it, yeah, now, we have to clip you this owe part me out. money. <laughs> uh so Ocarina of Time is sort of the story of Zelda, and they decided they're gonna ink this one, right? Because there had been a several other versions of stories for Zelda, as minimal or as obtuse as they were. But they've kind of kept all the story beats and pieces of Zelda lore that were decided at Ocarina of Time, right? Things like okay. the Temple of Time, or the themes, or how the Master Sword works, or you know the, the role of the Triforce that's sort of cyclical, and the Three Gods, and all that stuff. Are there elements from other Zeldas? Totally. But they kind of inked the canon at Ocarina of Time. And from there, they fractured the timelines depending on whether or not they decided Link wins with the battle with Ganon or not, right? And Breath of the Wild very much draws on that history and is playing against the cycle. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, the Zelda story, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 the Zelda story. Now imagine Link lost and it's 100 years later, you know? And that's interesting about it. Now, Adam, you said the secret word, and that is timeline. Uh, oh, we we won't we don't have to spend much time on this, but you know if you're here on our show, um, Adam, Mike, pro or anti timeline? Am I against a timeline at all? What are you, what's this question? Uh, against against the Zelda timeline, the idea that these games are connected. Not not like in a. Well, I would move it around this way. Like, do you do you care or not <laughs> that it that Nintendo says here's the timeline? I want Mike to guess my answer, and I would like to guess Mike's answer. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> okay, Mike, you guess. Yeah. Mike, you guess mine first. Mike, you guess. Mine I go first. first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would guess that you don't care 
And you view it as a cyclical retelling of a core story, not a unified timeline. You are 100% correct. (laughs) I would guess that Mike doesn't think there's enough story to think there is a timeline that they basically are starting over from scratch almost every time with repeated beats because they don't want to make a big narrative out of this. See, it's like poetry. They they, They rhyme. Yeah, that's it's very Lucas-esque, yes. That's absolutely true, but I yeah. would also add that I do care a lot. It pisses me off. Oh, it makes you mad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I care passionately that it's not a consistent timeline. It bothers me to no end. Right. But I, I do think you're think both right. I yeah. think both of you are right. I mean, it's a tale of souls Well, see, there's two different timelines here. There's two <laughs> There's two different timelines. There's the Mike timeline where this is what it makes, this is what that is, and this is the Adam right. timeline. Of course. Right. I, I think it's fair to say Nintendo doesn't care. And, uh, like, Miyamoto doesn't care. Yeah. Miyamoto, Miyamoto is anti canon. He's always been against storytelling and canon. And so it wasn't until, you know, decades later that someone was just like, we're going to put out a book. Should we mention how these stories are similar? And they're like, yeah, I'll just draw a little family right. tree to these things. Yeah. How do these work? I don't know. He died. I don't know. It <laughs> also does <laughs> feel like they're employing a franchise-wide strategy that I've seen other franchises employ, and I really like it, which is, I mean, Star Wars is doing it now. They started very timidly, mm-hmm. but then stuff was successful, and they're doing it more and more, mm-hmm. which is the main line, and I think Adam's spot on, Ocarina defined their tentpole episodes let's say and they're like okay that's the grounded in reality it ramps towards a climactic battle with ganon that formula is always the tentpole and then in between they do stuff like wind waker they do stuff like i mean it predates but you mentioned Link's awakening which of course is a self-contained short story just using that character uh and yeah i think that's what we'll see more and more some link to the past fans would yell at us but um there are definitely like things structurally that are set up there but you're right about a lot of the like the lore bits um i i think maybe ocarina was the first time they gave us enough to like really clamp down on yeah they they had actually had actual cinema sequences right and cutscenes. it's the first one like a movie and that's why it feels that way to us yeah um you're right that the plot elements are in Link to the Past for sure at a rudimentary degree, but since it's, you know, text on a screen and a top-down view, it just feels different than, or at least mm-hmm. when I was growing up and Ocarina hit me, I'm like, oh, Link's real now, because it feels yeah. like a TV show. Yeah. I, I have a were, pet, were we a, all in middle school when this game came out? No, I was uh, nearly out of high school, in fact. <laughs> was, okay, all right. I'm just, just okay. in reverse. Thanks. I, I didn't just want to ask you how old you were. but I am you know. uh, old, as, old as swear words. Uh, very old. Uh, I have an what actually, is the I year? A, what, what is the year? What year? Of Ocarina. Yeah, 1998, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd be thirteen. Yeah. Uh, I have a pet theory that Nintendo had to do so much thinking about the branding and narrative of their characters when they moved into 3D that they sort of were like, these decisions are going to be like quasi permanent. Like I know they did it with Mario, for instance, right? Mario, they decided to give him a voice. And they decided to give him kind of a home base and like what is the nature of that relationship? They like really cemented it. And, and his palette been... of jumps was largely refined yes. and chosen. And yeah. they're like, these are the jumps he does, right? And uh, to a degree, I think Ocarina of Time is the same for Zelda. 
uh, maybe because it was successful, but I think largely because they really had to make a lot of thoughtful decisions about what translates between those two, mm-hmm. you know, it, 2D and 3D, right? Like, and I don't think they wanted to keep doing that every time. Sure. Uh, I did. I did want to just circle back a uh, question I had for, for both of you. Uh, Mike, you can start off. Like, when did you first play Ocarina? Yes. Uh, I remember it very clearly because it was the first time I'd ever been in a part of a store that is not, you know, backstage, so to speak. And when you are 13, that feels like something. <laughs> like, I was like, ooh, we're not supposed to be here. But um, my dad's friend worked at Toys R Us and you know the uh, ocarina was all I wanted and told us that it was completely sold out there's no way to get it uh and I was like crestfallen for days and then finally this friend said like I have one not in a package just the cartridge and I have it like hidden in the back of the Toys R Us for Mike so on Christmas Day or the day before, because I think they were closed. I think on Christmas Eve day, my dad took me to the Toys R Us and we like wandered around the aisles. And then my friend who worked there, oh, look at these like, bikes, oh, opened a door oh, and was yeah, like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Yeah, and they're like, "Just act like you belong here. It's fine." <laughs> and we walked back there and they pulled out. Uh, it just is seared in my mind a gold cartridge, which I did not know it was going to be, and that was <laughs> my like. The simple power of a shiny thing to a young man it really <laughs> wowed me. And uh, you're like, it, you're telling friends at school, you're just like, it was made of gold. real gold. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Didn't you have to send away for the gold one? How did that work? I think they had a few copies everywhere that were gold, but not. But I all think it was the promotional right? one, and that's why yeah. they got it is because it was the floor model that kids were playing with the plastic dome over it. Nice. They yoinked it. Yeah. Yes. I'm just picturing some some knockoff cartridge that you have that says like Zordo on it or something like that. <laughs> I've You're never like, played yeah, it. I've got a cartridge yeah, for you, oh, kid. Man. Here you go. If, you want Zelda here. If Zardoz like, was ever made into a game, I would want it to be N64 era. That would be an incredible Of course. <laughs> of course. The tale of Zordan. <laughs> Such a good game. Uh, I, think, I think your final battle was different than the one we're talking about, but that sounds cool. <laughs> So Adam's a little older. He was like, I was leaving the courthouse after my second divorce. I grabbed Ocarina, punched a guy in the jaw. I got (laughs) that pack of smokes on my way out. Grabbed my second pack of Dunhill for the day. Uh, No, so I, uh, but I do believe I was working at a Blockbuster at the time, actually. Uh, Mm. Blockbuster video, uh, RIP. So I just took one when they came in early and purchased (laughs) it. Before the rest of the children got theirs, <laughs> and it was wonderful, uh, and I never felt any sadness about it. Uh, it was great. Never struggled to get it. Had it on day one. Loved it. <laughs> so, do you remember wh- wh- what was the hype for it at the time? Like, because wh- we still had, you know, for our younger listeners, we would only be able to learn about these things through magazines. Magazines are are tiny books. Made or of just, thin paper. Just, or just knew it was coming because it this game kept getting delayed. And so like, well, yeah. eventually there will be a Zelda. There were commercials. Uh when when this game Oh ca- sure, that's true. This yes. game was advertised on television. Uh it was 
it was a phenomenon that I know. Like I remember that. Yeah, people it was off the charts. I wanted were... it with all of my craven child yeah. heart. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> knew Legend of Zelda. It wasn't like they were establishing the franchise. And Mario sixty four again was such a great game that expectations went way up for what they're going to do with Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there was not a there was not a child between ages ten and eighteen that did not know about this. I game. actually had f- flashbacks to it during the cyberpunk hype. So I don't think it's unfair to say that it was kind of equivalent to that where, I mean, like my partner who cares not about games at all, uh, you know, will see me getting excited about a game maybe once every five to seven years and ask Mm. why. And I'll be like, Mm. well, the consensus is just that it's going to be the best video game so far, you know, quotes, like whatever that means, but like, it's the new one that's supposed to change everything. And that was the auspice around Ocarina. I remember very clearly I was a game pro guy. It got straight fives. The kid's hair was shooting out. He was having so much fun (laughs) factor. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Died of radiation poisoning a few years later. Sad story. <laughs> yeah, when um, he was excited, he looked like he'd been electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, electrocuted like a right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they but, do that yeah. every time too. That you think just they would take one picture, but you know, every game that's good, he has to get electrocuted. All yeah. right, hook me up, boys. Stick your finger in the joy socket. Here you go, buddy. But it was definitely the one of the year, cyberpunk style, where. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, of the last three okay. to five years, this is the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a year that was big anyway. Right. Yeah. That's right. I, I didn't actually play Ocarina until probably like 2001 or 2002, and a friend oh. lent it to me. I didn't even know anything about Zelda at the time. I I played I played like WWF on my N64 like or, or Extreme G, and it's like I only played like sports games and racing games and all that, and then I had a friend in middle school that was just like, you need to play this game, and then I used a Game Shark and broke it, and I was like, this game's stupid, <laughs> and then he was like, well, why do you think it's stupid, and he was just like, I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I tried to do this, I, I used my Game Shark, and he was like, don't use a Game Shark, and I was like, whatever, and then I borrowed it, and then I, then I, I borrowed it back from him and played it without it, and I was like, oh, this is the best game ever, and this is part of my life now, thank you. We took turns punching each other for a couple hours until I replaced that controller. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I, I spent so much time with Zelda 1, but it was the equivalent of someone who's put, like, 400 hours into a GTA game, but only done like three of the missions. Um, oh, whereas I just didn't quite know, yeah, I didn't quite know what I was doing, but I had a blast, like just just trying to find like a new screen. Like, oh, I've never seen this screen before. Who's that guy? I bet he's gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> and so that, you know, I didn't get into to a link to the past. And I never owned it really, but and but yeah, it took like a little while of me playing Ocarina for me to like like have that moment of like, oh, when when can I not ever stop playing this game, please? Mm. Um, but you know, I definitely got grounded for a while for just playing playing it way too much, and then I had to sneak downstairs and play it. So that was great. <laughs> yeah, two is the further back you go. I mean, forgive me if you've covered this on the pod at some point already, but. Miyamoto talks about getting the idea from his parents just sending him out into the woods unsupervised for, you know, long periods <laughs> sure. of his childhood yeah. and like stuff you would imagine, like get a stick, it's a sword. And in the interview, literally stuff's like, 
says stuff like, and I would like fall into holes and stuff. Fall and into I think, holes. Oh, what if it was like a cave and I had to fight <laughs> bugs and stuff? Um, and there was a cow down there. And I really think one and two really have that whimsical feeling of just yeah. wandering around. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh, there's a hole. Yeah. I'll go in it. Oh, this boogan's <laughs> coming at me. I'll slash at it. <laughs> well, one really does. Like, I, I just replayed one, actually. Mm-hmm. and one Almost is no like, clues or guidance whatsoever, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, even the clues they do give are super obscure and esoteric, and you're like, what is going on? And, I, I mean, this is not a fresh observation, but I think that's another reason why Breath of the Wild is my favorite of this game franchise because that feeling of just sort of like i don't know what to do and i'm just going to hang around and see what there is over here breath of the wild is the first game that really captured it since those first two mm-hmm. you know ocarina yeah. again is a lot more curated you know i was I mean, at that point they had locked into a formula wild, but, but yeah I yeah, no, go ahead. That's not the episode for it. <laughs> uh, I yeah. just credit, I also credit Breath of the Wild for taking maybe the only thing that still feel gives me a rush about the Ubisoft formula, because Ubisoft yeah. invented many things that were at yeah. one point innovative, but has since driven them into the ground of like, mm-hmm. it's still yes. fine, but the thrill is gone. Except, yeah, you could just say that about the entire company. Yeah, synchronizing a location and unlocking the map with a big sweeping shot of the world—that still gets me, especially if your world is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I love that Breath of the Wild. That's all they lifted was that one thing: is that you Mm -hmm. climb up these giant spires and see everything laid out before you. Mm -hmm. That's good. Good call. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they took the best thing from Assassin's Creed. It's like, oh yeah, that is the best thing. Well done. But then, but then instead of like marking your all the sh- stuff on your map, uh, they give you the option to like tag stuff yourself, and so it creates. Oh yeah, they, my favorite they thing. made it even better. Yeah, yeah. My favorite oh, thing about that yeah. game is like I need to get to the tallest thing I can st- around me so that I can look for more stuff because there's just stuff everywhere. And, and gliding so, yeah. down. Versus Ugh. jumping into a bale of hay? Come on, forget about it. Like, nah, what an upgrade. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, gliding is, we could go on forever. I do want to say about Ocarina yeah. of Time, one of the things that doesn't translate now, but definitely translated when the game first came out, is this actually was still the an open-ended feeling game. Like, it, it felt like it was a gigantic world to explore, even though you play it now mm-hmm. and you're like, really? Uh, they didn't. You could control of, the day night cycle. He has yeah. so many different powers at yeah. the time. It felt like this guy can do anything. Huge, yeah. right? It's you know huge. Yeah, I mean, like it's funny <laughs> to think of it as huge now because you play like yeah, it takes me a minute to get across it. That's like one street in GTA Five, man. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, but like, but like daytime goes. You know, like it's like eighteen hours in the game, man. It's huge. <laughs> it's true, but I, again, we have to like remember they're training us on open world games. This is open world game training wheels. You know, so like Ocarina has to be designed in such a way that it both feels like an open world and is open to exploration, but it's guided enough that you don't get lost because we don't have that language as drilled into our brains in nineteen ninety eight as gamers like we do now. You know, even young gamers now have that drilled into their brain because they've played enough video games mm-hmm. like it. But there weren't games yeah. like it then. You know, I'm I'm glad Nintendo yeah. figured that out eventually because they sat in that mindset for like a decade and a half of like the oh uh, man, what if they don't know what they're doing? And like, no, by this point, people 
It, it's okay. You can take the training wheels off on some of this well, stuff. Well, it's like if you play Skyward Sword, right, which I'm sure you guys have either talked about or will. Skyward Sword is the ultimate, uh, with, like, sort of narrowing the Zelda landscape down to meet a certain set of criteria that aren't the best criteria. And in a way, it's like because that game is so frustratingly restrictive, that's part of why Breath of the Wild is so great. You know what I mean? It's like because they yeah. they edged us a lot <laughs> with the with, uh, Skyward Sword. And also, I think they were like, we better go back to base after that after that game. They're like, we better fix this, you know? Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it does take some risks in that game. And I don't think they were the right risks. But you can see them working on Breath of the Wild in there. Absolutely. Sure. Um, Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk more about Ocarina and I'm sure just a lot of other Zelda stuff. <laughs> Do you have Gold Skull Tell Us taking up space in your attic? Gold Skull Tell Us you don't want anymore. Gold Skull Tell Us you can't use anymore because the bubble burst. We will give you cash. Cash. That's right. Cash for your Gold Skull Tell Us. We're cash for goldskulltellus.com. Every time I go up in my attic, they're always like, help me, help me, I'm a monster, but I don't really know what to do with them. Get rid of those. Are your children spider-shaped and ugly and in need of fixing? Get Gold Skull Talents. It'll fix your kids right up. Call now for your free consultation. Use offer code Gold Skull for 89% off. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So we are back. Um, I think there's something that we haven't talked about yet that has to be talked about if we're talking about Ocarina, and that is the music. I mean, it's got an, an instrument in the name of it. We've got to talk about the music. I think that so many people that have played this, that will stick with them forever. Like the the ability to freely play songs whenever you want and then feeling like you're a real musician when you do it in the right order and Link <laughs> plays a full song and you're like, I did that. Although I must point out, well, it's interesting that it, it, the way, you know, things go in a flow, like that harkens all the way up to like The Last of Us Part Two, running Ellie through the guitar strings until yep. it pieces <laughs> sure, together yeah. the whole thing. Um, but also I got to point out that there's a game I loved as a kid that I vividly remember. I don't think I still ever have. I vividly remember that I got to the final boss and eventually just beat my head against the wall and gave up and was like, well, I've seen most of the game. Um, it's called Wonder Boy and Monster World, or maybe mm -hmm. Monster oh, Land. Oh, love that one. But uh, he carries an ocarina that you play by pressing the buttons in a particular order to yield certain effects. And I always wondered if there was a connection there, because, I mean, gaming it is iterative, and it definitely predates it, because it's like a 2D side-scrolling adventure. Uh, but well, regardless, that, you know, you know are, they're looking around the palette of things that exist, lifting the best, inventing some new ones, Potentially, these things have nothing to do with each other. But I do think it's interesting how <laughs> even things we take as, well, they did that. That has to be uniquely them. Um, gaming more than any other medium, I think, builds on itself, borrows from itself. Mm -hmm. Film does it with a lot of quoted shots. But your average person who's imbibing the film 
doesn't it's not going to recognize that connection. Whereas in games, I do think all gamers who play multiple games recognize that they lift from each other. The mechanics, the you know, they like swap around, and different games are basically like assemblages of different mechanics in a different order. Right. With hopefully, a couple new things that they that the team invented. Yeah, you know, people make entire uh, social media accounts based on pointing out which things keep stealing other things or sure. whatever. Um, I when when Breath of the Wild came out, every everyone was like, oh, they. Look, they they played Dark Souls and and took a bunch of ideas from it and and um why am I blanking on their FromSoft was like yeah we also played their games and took a a lot yeah you don't think Dark Souls um, you don't think we. we are influenced at all by Nintendo? Yeah. Like yeah. everyone. The Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Uh, oh no. It's a legend. Yeah. Of course we 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 from I it. Think we made 3D dot game heroes. Yeah. <laughs> We've played Zelda. It's an interesting thing in entertainment that a lot of like auteur filmmakers or just auteur creators often pair up with a composer and make very like memorable uh pieces of media, both musically and as like story so like a great example that spielberg and john williams right like you know many of the themes you remember from the 80s come from that partnership right uh or recently christopher nolan and hans zimmer right a lot of burton and elfman yeah 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 burton and elfman that's another Mm. one this Mm. is the result of a collaboration like that in that it's miyamoto Mm. and koji kondo who basically are the inventors and soundscape creators for Mario and Zelda, and it seems clear to me like Koji Kondo, Ko- Koji Kondo, if I'm not mispronouncing his name, uh, was like they clearly brought him on to this game because it's like we need to, we need our best team. You know what I mean? Like this is our this is our A mm-hmm. team. We're going for it on this. And I would say there's at least three or four songs in the game that are now inextricable from Zelda's canon, when Zelda already had a very memorable theme. You know, like the Legend of Zelda song, mm-hmm. everybody knows it. You hum it, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. know that." Yeah. But there's like three or four songs here that are like, he "Come to Town," yeah, <laughs> are like <laughs> inextricably linked with Zelda, like the the Song of Time, and then Zelda's Lullaby, and some others. Right, I was gonna mm. say Zelda's Lullaby because that one still gets you can. We we have played uh, in in this show. We've played everything except for uh, Link Between Worlds right now, mm. and uh, just coming off of Skyward Sword. And I was I was gushing over the music in there, and you can just hear all these these references to things. And um, mm. Zelda's Lullaby is one that definitely sticks in there for me, at least. It's it's triggering for me when I'm hearing it. I'm just like, oh, I can tell they're pulling from that. Hundred percent. And also, Zelda's music is a little bit sad and wistful, and that's part of what makes it so mm. great. You know mm. that, that it's ultimately Mario it's, too. That's a Kondo thing. Yeah, he's got a little, just a tiny bit of like a morose view on things at his, yeah. at his best like at his best and, not bleak and sad, while still like, being just catchy as all get out like, yeah it's like your heart is full sad because yes. you're watching a sunset or whatever yes. yeah. <laughs> i i describe right. it and like, and like not only you know not only is he like you know a partner composer you know with miyamoto on on these series but like with super mario brothers one like the sound design was happening simultaneously like as like it, there wasn't he wasn't off doing something he was mm-hmm. a part of for that he might as well have been a game designer because he was helping them design 
the music, the sound effects are all in the same key as the music. Um, that stuff like that. So like jump sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I die, it'll probably be the last neuron firing in my brain. Boink! Like <laughs> the, 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 you know, I can't even do it. But the Mario jump is—it's in to the fact yeah. that it was in tune with the key of the melodies. That's such a cool detail. Yep. I didn't know. Yeah, and like, like I don't, he was never that situation never happened again, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was a small enough team that, like, yeah, no, the music is going to be really important. Like. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. the credits rap where Sheik explains the events of the game. <laughs> the credits rap? Where she, wait, what? <laughs> I joke sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah. Good. No, it's, it's he, true. He brings a full megabit and he sips from it one at a time. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I, I, I can't always yes and immediately when my brain's thinking about something that's else. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> he has a little verse that went something like this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it. Oh uh, hey, <laughs> who's that blonde That's guy? That's the real power it's move. Late. Yeah, put someone on the spot. Why yeah. don't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Uh, yeah, the music that was, was when I was playing uh, um, for the show when we covered this game. Uh, my partner walked to the room when when Sheik was standing there telling me something. Or no, wait, it was when Rudo was standing there. Never mind. Just just walked to the room and went. She is stacked. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. Speaking of surprise yeah. character reveals, I gotta say, I also, I mean, different tone, different game for sure. Um, but there was a Metroidiness about it, it to, in the sense that I don't, th- it, trying to put myself back in my 13 year old mind, uh, I alluded to this earlier, but I'm really meditating on like, uh, it's like a Swiss Army knife, which was the coolest thing you could get when you're eight, nine, ten. Uh, I kept, I was continuously surprised that Link could do an additional thing. And they paced them out so well with no warning that that's going to happen. It's like, oh, I got a slingshot now? Oh, I got a horse now? <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh I can, right. yeah. I can make, I can control the very sky, <laughs> like whether it's day or night now. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. am a god. I'm going to make it rain. I, mean, I didn't, I never under, I never knew what the bottom of, the depth of the systems was, and it's deeper than it needed to be. All the different ways you can use jars that you emergently discover. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can keep a fairy in a jar. This changes everything. <laughs> that was like Fish a huge moment for me. Are you kidding me? And they really yeah. keep giving you cool powers. They don't even fully explore a lot of them. Like I, late game, like mid game, late game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I mentioned on our podcast, like the lens of truth is a really cool power. That they barely mm-hmm. use because it's like, well, it's toward the end of the game. They just don't have time to weave it in, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. man, if you could build an entire game on that one mechanic and, you know, it's like just thrown in there at the end uh, or like the floating mm-hmm. boots. You could spend weeks just running around the whole game with that I mean, thing on yeah. and off looking for stuff. Devs have, like I like you, you could argue that's the seed of everything from like Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah. Yeah. to a uh, detective mm-hmm. vision in the Arkham games. Yep. You know, just the Ooh. idea that, oh, you know yeah, what's really yeah. cost-effective? You flip a switch and we keep all the same art assets, but they change in some way. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah. You increase the transparencies on it. That's all we're <laughs> right, going to exactly. do. Eagle vision <laughs> in Load Assassin's Load in one Creed. new thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed stole the same idea, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Lots and lots of games. Uh, I mean, you guys have also made me think about like some of the ways of of breaking the game. Um, Brian is is over on a speedrunning podcast, and uh, do you guys follow the speedrunning uh, at all? 
for for this game or any other games? Uh, when I was at IGN, I worked at length on a project. Uh, you know, at at a lot of sites like IGN and the places I've worked historically, they end up picking a title that's good for the algorithm or whatever. So if anyone listening wants to sure. find it, I think the full title is "The Civil War That Almost Blew Up Speedrunning," but. Uh, okay. I, it, was, it was a really I just wanted it to be an exploration of speedrunning and the introduction of TAS or tool assisted speedrunning and yeah. I got to speak with a lot of the GDQ guys and it was a really interesting project to work on uh, and uh, ever since then I follow both but I am uniquely interested in TAS and lately obsessed with Titanfall 2 TAS because it's like okay. <laughs> right it's like uh, so tool assisted speedrunning is an, a, a computer doing it as efficiently as humanly possible and in Titanfall the parkour system is so good that it's just like zoom zoom shoot shoot zoom 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 shoot I'm done whole level complete uh, I love watching those, Titanfall but of is course, bonkers yeah. Titanfall speedruns are crazy <laughs> uh, of course there's a separate appreciation of both then you know under human power speedruns are great as well mm-hmm yeah, I I think I finally got my partner is also a, a programmer and didn't see the appeal in TAS and I was like it's it's like you you take everything you know about literally how the game was built by the people who made it mm-hmm. and use anything you can to to like it is it is just the game itself doing what it was allowed to do with the code and i think it's wild and right it, yeah. yeah so uh right for example i think it's understood and correct me if i'm wrong that in ocarina specifically you can traverse more quickly by like doing this backwards shuffle over and over than you can mm-hmm. by running or jumping forward so if you watch high high-end ocarina speedrunners the whole they do the whole game backwards, going like hop, 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 because it's right. just slightly faster. Well, I mean, to walk backwards is faster, but then there's also extended slides and extended super slides, which <laughs> if you drop a bomb at the right time, you will just <laughs> just gain a bunch of speed and just stand there yeah. and move backwards. Speed running is uh, is a delicate art to consume. Uh, because on the one hand, a basic bee like me uh, gets real annoyed watching hup, 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 hup for like an hour, you know what I mean, or like 30 minutes. But then, <laughs> right. but I'll see something like the speed runs for Elden Ring, for instance, that just were pure delight, pure cotton like candy delight. Show. Yeah, just like this guy squats <laughs> here and now he flies like Superman to the end. Thank you. Yeah. You made <laughs> Have next, you seen... You know? Gans, have you ever seen a really good Super Mario sixty four? Yes, I've. Seen I think it. you'd like that. I love okay. that. I also, of those course, feel like magic. There's Super Mario three ones where like the dude only gets a one up the entire game because he's hopping on. Every oh, never touches thing. the ground. And it's like I dude, love that one. You beautiful wizard. Uh, Interestingly, the most famous of those. Uh, where the guy is doing the like the wooden log train level and he never touches the ground. Right. That is the core of the video I was talking about. Right. That caused mm-hmm. a bunch of problems mm-hmm. because it wasn't translated from Japanese and it's one of the very first tasses and people thought he was trying to pass it off as having done it himself and he didn't. Mm-hmm. A computer did that. Uh, oh. Which is also okay. As sure. long as it's clearly labeled as that, it's sure. its own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I right. Yeah, which I didn't know at the time and and I I think it was the first speedrun thing I had ever seen. I of course was obsessed with 
my Super Mario Brothers one time, like my entire life. I don't know why I wanted. I think it was just a way to get like older kids to take me seriously because sometimes they would just be like, "You're little," and I'm like, "No, I'm 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 five, and I own this game. I would like to play Nintendo with you guys, you eight year olds." Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, "No, I can I can beat SMB one pretty quick." Speedrunning though, speedrunning has the problem of. Uh, it's the in a way, it's sort of like the last way to enjoy the game. It's like because once you're like really the point of speedrunning is like taking the machine apart to see its parts and like putting mm-hmm. it together in a way that's no longer what the machine was meant to do. So like for me, when I'm getting into speedrunning, it's because I've literally consumed everything in this game that I'm interested in. So now I want to see As what do intended, we do if we right. break it, you know. And sometimes I yeah. That, yeah. sometimes that's interesting, but I think you know. It's not an obsession for me because I like games the way they were made, you know, to do. What <laughs> or they... the lure of starting a the lure of starting a new game is stronger than breaking it apart yeah. to a molecular level. For the me, game you're currently on, yeah. For me, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I think for, for me, I I was tinkering around with this with Ocarina Circle, circling back to Zelda. Um, I I do have memories of doing things like seam walking where you would find some little spot in the geometry that you could get link up on and you could go up to a place that you weren't supposed to. This was almost all in in me trying to find the Triforce. Uh, I I knew the Triforce <laughs> was in this game somewhere and I was like I will find it um and eventually <laughs> like seeing some of the speedrun stuff and it's sort of speedrunning isn't is it, is it do, doesn't click with me for the most part but every once in a while i see something where i'm like oh i like that because i'm very familiar with this here and you're doing something i didn't realize you could do and so like breaking the game down that way was always interesting interesting for me in in ocarina especially when we see uh, a lot of these things that if you're the the glitch speed runs where you can break the memory where you can just walk through one of the hallways that would take you to somewhere else and it just takes you to like the final area and it's like yep there yeah. it is and credits are rolling now and it's like that's that's or, incredible or to me do infinite sword glitch so that it's but it's on a stick so your wooden stick is just vibrating uh <laughs> doing 60 master sword hits a second or something like that yeah, it's just weird. It, it's really funny. Like, you know, and there's so much to it because so many people have played that game that that there's been so many eyes on it that, like, people know almost everything there is to know about Ocarina at this point. It's just been kind of taken apart. Except where that darn Triforce is. It's in there. still can't find it. It's in there. I oh. saw the video. I saw where it. Where is it? <laughs> no. um, uh, either of you guys play the 3D remake of Ocarina? It's the one that was released on Wii, is that right? The 3DS. 3DS. The 3DS. Then no. 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 Okay. That's I've fine. seen footage of it. I know what it yeah. looks like and I am fine with it. Uh but never played. There's always a debate between, you know, with that and Majora's Mask on like, okay, did sure the graphics look better on it, but uh, is it actually improved all of that? But hey, if neither of you played it, we don't have that have to have that discussion here. So that's, that's I feel good. like you know what we you know what would like with remakes, I think they should go all the way with a remake and give you like a completely modern experience or like, cause I don't want a halfway remake. And I realized at the time that's not what this is, but yeah, now yeah. sitting at this vantage, it's like that remake is pointless to me because uh, it's not that much better than the Ocarina of Time that existed in 1998. But if they gave me a 60 frames per second, you know, gussied up Ocarina of Time, I'd be, I'd be into it. I'd play it. You know, because it is a little choppy now. 
You know, yeah. like it plays it plays mm. a little run. <laughs> a little, yeah. I mean that that thing runs what I mean, like eighteen frames a second, something sometimes. like that. Sometimes that might be generous. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you get in that water temple, it's like three frames, and you're pretty mad. Yeah. You know, I might actually take a bet with you on whether it's double digits. Or okay, not. fair, fair. Yeah, I'm still. I, you know, I'm I'm coming from it where I'm like, yeah, everything is at least thirty, and then you're like, oh, this one's slow, so. Tw- 25 is that is that that's bad but <laughs> but but sometimes when you do really cool things it slows down every time and looks awesome. like the matrix <laughs> yeah that's where uh zack snyder got that 300 effect exactly that's where he yeah. got it. Zelda yeah. a lot of chunking Zelda. along <laughs> yeah and he was like wait a minute <laughs> we all know that so um Anything else we want to talk about in Ocarina? I was also going to just let, if you guys I, wanted to talk about Tears of the Kingdom for a little bit, we could do that. People like hearing ooh. hearing when we talk about that. So, uh, Tears of the Kingdom will be, at minimum, a very good game. <laughs> okay. that's, the, that's the floor. It will be a very good game. Right? I think that's the safest I, I, take I, ever. Because yeah. I, I don't think there, there are very few Zelda games that don't even meet that requirement. I think my clan is going to oh, say God. it's the new best game of all time and it's going to underperform compared to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and we're going to be we're going to be yeah. right. We're going to say like, well people just don't understand. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah. When there's two things if the artist/artist behind it are very good which i think they are in this case there's a pattern that i see almost everywhere it's true of books seasons of tv movie franchises where like and it totally makes sense it's almost the only way it can go and more interesting when it doesn't go this way but it's like the first one is mind-blowingly innovative and the second one's arguably even better and more refined but there aren't as many new ideas there like that you know seems like the natural way it'll go and i i expect that will be true of this uh i feel like a bad zelda boy because when you said those words i like tears of the kingdom means nothing to me but um you're talking about (laughs) breath of the wild too yeah i am excited for that That (laughs) One, one thing that seems one thing that seems pretty cool about it if the trailers are not liars which they often are in video games uh, if the trailers are not liars, it does seem like it's a lot more vertical mm-hmm. than Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And that is an interesting prospect because it's not necessarily the thing I liked about Breath of the Wild. So there's so much possibility there. Hmm. Uh, I'll also add... I would say it kind of is because going up with the climbing system and going down with the glider, like up and down are where my heart was at. In that's true. Game. That was the exciting Good. part, but you didn't... Uh, well, maybe I should. The game was that. still wider than it was tall, though. Very wide. Yes. <laughs> In this one, <laughs> was... they may be inverting that. Right. That's correct. That's what it looks like. Um, the other thing that's just sort of interesting to me, and I'm just surprised by it, but I have heard it several times. This is actually the longest we've gone between Zeldas, and that like really mm. blew my mind. I was like, really? Yes. I mean, uh, if you're counting, like, you know, yeah, some of the, um, you know. 2D ones that we get in between, things like that, like, or or whatever Zelda spinoff or something like that. I guess I think mainline, well, mainline. Yes, Zeldas. yes. But we haven't gotten really one of those in six years since. Yeah, in six years. Yeah. Which is like, it's funny because now development cycles are so long that it doesn't seem that long to me. It's like, yeah, six years. I mean, how long did it take between Red Dead's? Ten years? I don't know. I was I even was I even <laughs> born when Red Dead One came out? I don't know. 
but like, <laughs> Red Dead One even real? Yeah, My grandpa like, talked about that game. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. I think it was contemporary, wasn't it? Uh, when it came out, with a spring in his step too. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was when it first came out. It was ripped from the. It headlines. was ripped from the headlines. It yeah. was GTA. This is happening now, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just he bought it for five straw pennies. It came out in the under the title "Real Life Sim," and then they've changed it for subsequent <laughs> audiences. Uh, no, but I think it's weird that there's it's been that long since Breath of the Wild, and like uh, that actually gives me more hope for what they're going to deliver. You know, yes, because it's absolutely. like oh, there's there's actually if they've spent this amount of time on it, and we know they're still using Breath of the Wild's engine and and a lot of their a lot of its resources, I want to say, and assets, then like they must really believe in this because they spent a lot of time and waited mm-hmm. to deliver it, uh, and they're pretty precious about Zelda. So maybe there's maybe it's okay to get super hyped. Maybe that's all right. And I think it's actually a good sign that they're staying within the same engine because Agreed. whenever a developer does that, it's like we know this engine inside out. Right. Now. We could push it further. Mm-hmm. We find Versus new things. Versus if they switch yeah. engines. The graphics may be better, but they're relearning the whole thing in some way, yeah. and I don't think they can get the refinement as far as quickly. My hope is that we've waited this long, and having having followed Zelda the way we have, and we we do these deep dives and look into the history of a lot of these Zelda games, there's always cut content. We always talk about how Wind Waker was cut short, and then some of that stuff was carried over to Twilight Princess. You know, there were things that were left out on on, and that that's a standard Nintendo thing, right? Where they didn't put everything on there, so they're going to carry it over to the next game, right? Um, and my hope mm-hmm. is that nothing is on the cutting room floor for this, and that's why it's taking so long. And also that maybe this is where they were like, okay, this Breath of the Wild was such a hit. You can do whatever you want and take as much time as you want with this game, but I'm also going to guess after Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda is going to get a whole other refresh again. That this will be like the last we see of this type of Zelda. That we're going to get this this formula, and then with the temples and the physics puzzles. Yeah, I I think just in general, like because you can follow along where Twilight Princess was was a different case where that was more of a response to how people felt about Wind Waker, where they made it more like, well, let's do it like Ocarina. They liked Ocarina, but. For the, right. They tend to do two and then move they on. They tend to yeah, pivot after true. that. Some, sometimes right. not even yeah. two. Yeah, sometimes it's like we'll do one, one way, and that's it. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's Miyamoto where he's just like, why would you make a sequel that's very much like the other game? If you're going to do more in that world, it has to be a different game. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, okay, old man. Uh, like it, but every once in like, a while like when they have a big enough hit, the powers that be are like make two. You gotta squeeze out. Okay, make we need one more. We need one this more. was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Well, also hardware limitations, right? Like, so the switch yeah. they happen to be on what is probably the tail end of the switch life cycle, but don't have a new system announced yet. So they either got to hold on to it for another couple years, or like they drop it now. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm guessing mm-hmm. not. I'm guessing a few months after Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Nintendo actually starts talking about whatever their next hardware is. They're not. Pub- they're not I don't publicly think they're, talking about it. Publicly, publicly. I, I think. I think we're. Uh, you know, because that's getting us. That's around E3. It's not going to be close, but you know, they they kind of break off from there. I've Brian. You're looking at me like I don't always make predictions like this. I'm always okay, saying fine, stuff like fine, this. Fine, fine, fine. I'm just looking at you because I remember us talking about the NX on sure. other podcasts uh, that we were doing at the time and just. The way that that all rolled out was just 
so confusing and at the last minute sort of thing. It was so, in yeah, like, like I don't March, know if they'll publicly right? Just talk like about out of anything. nowhere. They just announced it or no, it was I mean, they finally like that, yeah. they finally st- changed the name in like October and like five months away. Like, I, <laughs> so just two other details that I think are dovetailed with this. There's been such a clamor for Odyssey 2 that I have a feeling Odyssey 2 is either going to happen or is going to be a part of whatever that next next cycle is. Also, yeah. for a very brief period of time, you could pre-order Metroid Prime 4 uh, on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And one of those two games is going to be the launch title for you know Switch, Switch 2 Tears of the Kingdom. Whatever well, Switch 2 Tears of the Kingdom is. I will just say with the whole Odyssey 2 thing, uh, we have only, like, Galaxy 2 is the only direct Mario sequel that we've we've seen since the well, original since NES. It. Like, everything else for Mario, you get one big Mario game uh, per Super console. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. That's a, it's, a, it's a spinoff. It's like, yeah. it's But it's a Super Mario World 2. <laughs> you they know what I mean. They didn't have as long a console cycles back then. You know, that's true. I, I that mean, is true. That is true. I don't even think yes. that they're going to make a sequel that's called Mario Odyssey 2. I just mean mm-hmm. next mainline Mario, I think. Right? I want it so bad. I do want that I, so I bad. Just, and they're releasing the movie. I, is there a lot of buzz for yeah. it? I thought you were talking about Assassin's like, Creed Odyssey. This I whole just time. never hear anyone going like, where's Where's Odyssey 2? Like, I, I, and maybe it's just that same way where I'm like, well, obviously we all want another Mario game, but like. The last couple of years ago, people were like, nope, nope, they're going to come out that they're working on Donkey Kong, actually, not a new Mario. The Mario team's on a Donkey Kong game. And I was like, please, if you make that real just by saying it, like, no, don't say There's that. There's the I don't Star Fox F Zero game and the Donkey Kong game. None of those, none of those <gasps> no. are going to happen. But they, they, they are. Uh, they are is I understand. I mean, first of all, that Mario movie's coming out this year. And I believe there's a Nintendo right. World launch this year. I'm just saying, I think yes. that. They, they they're not totally bereft of planning for lining up properties. I'm just telling yeah. you. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe they're just like let's just wait till Zelda's out like they did last time. And then in 6 months you'll or you'll get your Mario game or we'll show you a little bit of we it, just, you know, we, but like, there was the leak of the the Tears of the Kingdom themed OLED. So again, hardware-wise, we're going to have that come out and then Nintendo is going to wait a good six months before they start talking about any other hardware thing. That's going to be the thing to sell, yeah. even though it's going to sell out immediately anyway. But anyways, that, uh, you know, if, uh, if you guys have anything else to say about tears of the kingdom, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm good arguing about um, what is going to happen. We've, we've done this so many times in the past and are rarely right. <laughs> I hope it's as good as Starfield and I hope both are good. <laughs> I oh yeah, to Starfield had me, and then they double had me when I saw the jetpack. So yeah, um, yeah. I think I think as far as like how this will get received, it you know it, it will be exactly the way it is every time. Everyone will love it. The you know it will get you know tens or you know perfect scores or near perfect scores. Um. If there is a little bit of that, like, well, of, it's clearly Assassin's Creed 2 is building off of one, but, like, look how, you know, there people will make excuses like they do every Zelda game for, like, no, this is why this is still a 10 out of 10 sort of thing. And then in three or four years, everyone will be like, no, it's not it's the an best. Eight. It's, it's an problems. eight. <laughs> it happened with Breath of the Wild, too. So, like, 
as well. So you know, I think it. I think it'll just the Zelda thing will happen again, and yeah. Well, I don't know. hopefully we'll know in a few more months, unless they delay it again. But we'll see. Let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thinking of us. We had a great time. Really. So, thank you, listeners. And uh, next time you hear from us, we're going to be playing Star Fox Adventures uh, for the GameCube. Woo! So, Ooh. enjoy that. I'm Every ready. other season is a Zelda. Oh, yeah. You got any Zelda likes besides Dark Cloud to shout out? Because uh, we play a Zelda game and then we play a Zelda like. A ultimate. little known game called Dark Souls. Uh, big fan of Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. It's very similar to Zelda, but uh, hard, you know. In recent memory, I go Death's Door, which you oh, yeah. probably hit by now, but I'll just say Death's Door over Tunic forever. Oh, 100%. Infinity. 100%. <laughs> That's the hot take for tonight. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>